Today we have a pianist, Mark Berman, and a composer. And I, you know, I, oh, yeah. I think about playing playing the piano. Uh, did you do you play the piano growing up? Yes, I played and, for oh. two years um, when I was okay. six and seven, and uh, I detested it because it was horrible. It was like I remember the books. It was a Handel. No, Hannon and Cherney. And it was like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, da, da. I remember so that. So there was no painful. satisfaction of like, oh, I'm playing no. a tune, you know. Ugh. No. It's funny because, I, Tony, I think of, of, of when I grew up, everyone was like forced to play piano. Like I want to say second and third grade. And I was just getting into athletics and running around. But it yeah. was every day getting there. It's horrible. There. They, I think it really comes down to timing, which we'll talk to Mark today. because. Yeah. The, the obligatory, um, you must take piano now. And I think that yeah. mindset didn't work. But it's not too yeah. late. When I learned guitar from a book, I started to you know, teach myself guitar when I was about 14, maybe. I, uh -huh. I, we had a piano, and the, this fantastic book taught me very simple theory, which right. I translated to the piano. So, I mean, I, I, I play now. I mean, I play, oh, I can wow. read chords. Yeah, hell yeah. I, play, I, I can read chords, simple stuff. Like, I can't wail on jazz and stuff like that. But um, I, if I were to sing, I could accompany myself on piano for most stuff. But, but it's not that hard. It, Piano's logical. You well, can look at it. Piano's logical, it as I heard. It's the easier of, of the... Like, I want to say, I'm trying, as is. you know, dabbling in guitar, and it's finding more frustrating than piano is you don't, a little something. You, you need to give up on that one. <laughs> one, because it's mainly out of tune when I play it. But That one um, is hopeless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Todd Harrington, and you're listening to the Gray Matters Podcast. Along with my co-host, Tony Hoyland, each episode explores a special guest's lifelong passion. There'll be a bit of nostalgia, but mostly it's our guest's personal story of how they discovered their passion and how it evolved over the years. Welcome to the Gray Matters Podcast. Mark Berman is a renowned pianist, composer, and arranger. He has written music for and played and recorded with the who's who of jazz, pop, and rock. Aretha Franklin, Carole King, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Phoebe Snow, Gladys Knight, Hugh Jackman, Burt Bacharach, Cheetah Rivera, Richie Havens, and many others. He's performed in Carnegie Hall, Radio City, Blue Note, Birdland, The Rainbow Room, and amongst other notable venues in New York, as well as internationally. He's a graduate of the Hart School of Music. Berman has written and produced music for television and film, and yes, he played the piano in the ubiquitous theme of Sex in the City, Nurse Jackie, The Bachelorette, and other, many other network and cable shows. He's also been a powerful force on Broadway, conducting orchestras like Rent and Blood Brothers. Without further ado, Mark Berman. Hey, Mark. Hey, hey, Todd. How are you? Hey, Tony. Hey, man. That is Tony Hoyland. He is my co-host, talented musician and professional voiceover. And guess what? He knows Mark, right? We've been friends for like really 30 years. Good friends. Well, yeah, wow. yeah, absolutely. Like from years. the onset, it was great. So uh, first of all, before we get mm -hmm. into your composing piano, you come from a musical family, right? I mean, yeah. way before your time. Yeah, my dad was a trumpet player. My uncle conducted a uh, New Haven Symphony and the Pops, uh, Young wow. People's Concerts. Um, my dad's sister was a fine pianist. I always was intimidated by her. And, um, and her son was a, an amazing classical bass player, uh, Billy Ryan, and, who was in the Boston Symphony. 
going back a bit, when did this, you know, I know you're a composer, pianist, and you I know I read that you love to write. What, when did this start? When did this passion start and why? Yeah, the disease started. Um, <laughs> the disease, uh, I love it. <laughs> uh, I was about five and I was plunking out notes and I never stopped. Um, uh, my dad would, you know, just, I would like, love to play uh, stuff coming out of the radio and I would play it with one hand, you know, like. Hey, I know that song. Who would you yeah. say your main influencers of, as far as pianists in your life? Like, who did you focus on growing up? Uh, growing up, I, um, I I loved a bunch of artists uh, like Billy Joel, and and before that, of course, um, uh, some jazz guys like Oscar Peterson and Bill Evans and Bud Powell uh, and Miles. I, my dad would always be playing Miles. Uh, Miles Davis records and Chet Baker. Um, so the the more I got into it, the more it started expanding and more intimidated I felt. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so at so at five, you you're mm-hmm. doing this for fun, and when does it mm-hmm. kick in that you realize, wait a minute, I want to do this? I mean, is it was it a struggle for at any time, any conflict that you to continue and maintain it? Or you just kept going. You knew you wanted to do this, or you're like, "What am I doing playing the piano?" Well, it's funny. I I feel like um, the the piano was always like it was in the living room. It was always there. My mom would plunk out some melodies, and um, so I had like freedom just to make all kinds of mistakes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was like my sandbox, you know. I was always like right. you know, walking by it, and oh yeah, let me play for, uh, uh, for like some Beatles tunes I would hear and try to work it out and play wrong chords. But I started figuring it out, um, like around maybe six or seven, where I figured out. Actually, my dad t- showed me a C chord and a G seven, but crunched together like I I started to enjoy it and then like skipping ahead I you know I took lessons along with with my two brothers were they like encouraging and supportive I'm guessing they were yeah they were they really were my dad especially like when he came in the in the uh, room one day and had his trumpet with him I was like "Uh uh-oh I'm either in trouble and uh and I'm being (laughs) tested (laughs) or something like that or we're gonna have fun and we ended up mm-hmm. having fun. Just, and he showed me a lot of standards and stuff like that. And and uh, and you you never really swayed from it. This is like it kicked mm-hmm. in at six and seven, and you said yeah, to your parents, "I'm gonna. This is what I want to do." Or you just kind of gave it yeah. up ever, or is it was a journey continued oh, yeah. and just yeah. Yeah, I gave it up. Uh, yeah, you I, did. I would. I, yeah, I I would go to it and I'd get into something else and you know play outside and. Um, but dude, let me ask you, wasn't there a point in your life where the bulb went off and you went like, you know, I'm pretty good at this. It comes re- pretty easily to yeah. me and I love it. Like, did, did yeah. that happen? That Because that, that seems to be the key, like to finding happiness in your work or vocation. I mean, did did that yeah. happen for you? Like It it did. It did. I, I started um, expanding those two chords <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and and I had enough <clears throat> tunes where I could go to a party 
And uh, I, like friends would have parties and there'd, inevitably there'd be like a spinet piano or an upright or a grand mm-hmm. even. And I'd start playing and I noticed that people would come around. And that wow. was like that positive reinforcement when I was, sure. yeah, like early teens and mid-teens. I was like, okay, I'm good at this. And the girls I loved, like it. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, I, 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 the girls would come around and I was like, Holy cow. All right, I, I got to continue doing this. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do it a living, but I want to do it at parties. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was like a party vehicle for me. That's awesome. And did it become mm-hmm. a so-called a profession at one point in your life where it said, wow, I'm going to actually make a living doing this. How cool is this? You know, it, back when I was 15, what happened was I had a rock band or I was playing in a rock band. Huh. And... Um, and we were using my basement as the, the space. And um, we were loud and bad and stuff. And um, my dad, I, I think because we were loud and not that good, or maybe we were better than I think, but um, uh, my dad found an ad in the paper that uh, there was a wedding band, a busy wedding band looking for a keyboard player. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to do it. And, uh, and he said, hey, let's just go to the audition and see how it is. And, and it was at this guy's house, the sax player's house. So I went there, and, um, and I auditioned. And these were like 40-year-old guys. <laughs> and I was like, All right, what a difference, you know, from what I was doing. And I, I, I wasn't comfortable with it. Uh, but I knew the tunes because my dad would, would show me the songs. And, and I got the gig. And I was like, well, I could make a little money here on weekends. Um, so I did that. I, I, How old uh, were you? I was 15. Wow. I was 15. Then you got to weigh out the benefits of playing at the parties with the girls and going away on the weekend to play with these old guys. So that was a big, I know. big challenge I know. Yeah. to do. It was, yeah, it was less fun. <laughs> but it was really, I, it was fun in another way. I, we were the house band at an Italian restaurant in New Haven. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. We played a lot of Italian weddings, like tons. Uh, so then, I learned along the way. Yeah, that's cool. And then, and then, so yeah. you you got through high school, and then that's you went to college. But you're always just kind of mm-hmm. dabbling in work and kind of saying, "Well, this is definitely it's gone well beyond a hobby." It's like you you realize this is something yeah. you want, you can do, and you're good at it. And yeah. and so that moment when it, to, to Tony's point, it clicked that. Okay, this is something that's I'm going to dedicate my life to, or is this again? Did you have hesitations anytime? Uh, yeah, I I think it became. And once I was in college, I think it became more of a sure thing that okay, I really want to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, and I I had a really understanding and great teacher there. He was uh, a jazzer as well. And at that point, I was really into jazz. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And From like, let's say from 20 to now, mm-hmm. you, what has the change been? I mean, are you still as into it as ever? Or you're kind of like, what am I doing? Do you still love it? Yeah, I still love it. Yeah. I, it's, it, with the love comes more challenges, I think. Okay. Uh, with, you know, the technical... Uh, keeping up and expanding on it, you know, um, like technique and and music, and I, I'm getting way into writing, and and so that's 
another way, a door that is, is really opening. And, um, you know, in terms of, you know, liking my ideas, you know, well, if you um, thought that the that you said technical, are you th- saying that the way the piano is perceived and played and different, it's been you've had to make adjustments along the way, or you're just getting better at your crap, but you're seeing just the industry and the music is changing mm-hmm. and you're you're having to change with it? Or mm-hmm. what do you mean by that a little more? Oh, okay. Yeah. The challenge I think there are a couple of challenges that I could think of now is one is of course the business, you know, because right. that has totally changed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, you know, when I first got here, which was 87, I think, um, it was different. There was still a studio scene, which I would be in and out of. I wasn't one of the cats, you know, but, uh, but I would, I, there was a lot of work. I mean, there was like a lot of live stuff, like, um, uh, playing for singers, which I, I ended up really liking to do. And uh, regular gigs, and back then I was still doing some weddings and playing in clubs. So it sort of equaled a living, you know? Um, Then I started subbing on Broadway and ended up doing a a bunch of shows and stuff. And um, in terms of business, that was, that it was still happening here, you know, in that world. So the studio, you said studio stuff, then going on shows, obviously, did you could you have been fine with the studio life, but you really want to get in the shows, or would, I mean, was was that a different feeling for piano? You wanted to be a part of that event versus the uh, being in the studio. Did you like the live shows more? Uh, yeah, I did, and and also, I it's not like I had a real option to be a busy studio guy. You know, oh, okay. um, there'd be enough here and there. You know. Uh, to to say that okay oh wow good I'm doing this project now. Well, also can I can I jump in for a second? Yeah, yeah. What I was going to say about the the Broadway shows and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they're really prized, um, very very ch- cherished because it's one of the gigs where you can you know you can get your pension and your health. Mm-hmm. Um, right. right. You know it's union and uh, a lot of musicians gigs are not. So I mean the majority, yeah. right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so, you can you can uh, you know you can really put some bank away, or at least and with the pension and everything, it's 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 big in that regard. Yeah. But also, yeah. like what you were saying about the studio thing, that that is minuscule now because everybody's got a, a studio at home. Studio at home, yeah. And sampling right. is so cheap now, and um, recording software is so cheap. You can get like you can get Logic for two hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and it comes with a ton of great samples. You yeah. know, you've got you've got a band for two hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, obviously people are going to cut costs. And the, back in the day, man, I mean, like musicians were working all the time in studios. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the real, um, the busiest uh, studio players were like, you know, doing three jingles a day and then yeah, an huge. album. Huge. And then they played uh, a the club jingle at night. life, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. So, yeah. so the, the yeah. being on Broadway, are you are you looking to continue that, or are you just pretty much focused on your own composing and doing your own albums and, and performing on your own? Do you you do you consider going back to the theater as as a hired uh, gun, so to speak? I I don't know. My gut is that I don't want to really do that too much anymore. This is quite a journey. Some people take up piano a bit and it becomes mm-hmm. a hobby yeah. and a passion. Yeah, I mean, is there? 
not you can do anything at any age, but it, obviously mm-hmm. it's easier to start as a child. But like, do you encourage adults to do, it, or is it really different sure. with the mind to, to really grasp it with memory and all that? But do you hear a lot of people? Do you help people? Have you yeah. taught people that at a later age, or is it pretty much something that it's really a struggle later in life? I, I sure have. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I was teaching. I had two students um, last year, and they were both, you know, professionals, mid-age uh, professionals, and um, and they were way into it. And and it's funny, you know, I, we think that the mind can't. You know, once you hit 40s and 50s, the mind right, won't right. learn anything more. But but these guys were were great. I mean, they were great to work with. I, I loved it. And you just show them like little chordal ideas and stuff, and and they would go, "Oh my God, yeah, yeah." And so, hopefully, the light bulb goes off, and um, and it sparks more experimenting around, and just. Having fun, feeling free at the piano is crucial. I think we got too caught up in the old science that says well, you must learn a language or piano at a young age. I mean, clearly yeah. that's changing because uh, people are doing it. And I mean, if you want, yeah. if someone's going to yeah. learn something from your journey, it's it's you know find something and stick with it is the potential of becoming a profession. But I mean, I think. Listening to you, I mean, it was an unusual journey to find it out so uh, <laughs> at such a young age and continue. What do you see yeah, yeah. for the future, being the young man that you are? Do you do you want to try new things, new instruments, or are you just kind of full bore ahead at what you're doing? I think full bore ahead <laughs> uh, at what I'm doing, and I want to get better at arranging and um, and and writing more. Um, I, I work on some jingles, but that's that's not really writing. Writing. I have another quick question. When you were talking about teaching those guys, the um, guys that weren't kids, right? Right. You, didn't you tell me you were doing it like almost all by ear, like not teaching them the written yeah. notes? Yeah, that's what I told them. They they felt like well, they're not really learning. If or this one guy, I felt like oh, I better learn how to read, but he was so intimidated by that at the same time that I was like, you know what? Throw away that book. <laughs> Good. And, yeah. Yeah. And, liberating. Uh, liberating. Yeah. Just play, you know, trust yourself and, and make mistakes. Do, do that. Do that yeah. for a while. Right. You know? Can you do something for me? Just, just to humor me. If, yeah. Just take that and play it and like do something with it. You're, you're put something of, of Mark Burnham on the on spot it. live. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, know, you, you know what I'm saying? Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's see. He just played Jingle Bells. Now, now, okay, yeah. So start or, here. Uh huh. If this is uncomfortable, pick something else. But you could, yeah, go. No, let's go with that and yeah. see what mess I can make.
That's what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think about when I listen to you, I got very relaxed. I mean, of all the instruments, I do find myself needing to chill. It's always, you know, putting on piano. And I was reading a little bit mm. more about it. I'm sure you've come across it and studied it beyond your personal effect, has it? But it's really known to... I read decreased depression and fatigue. It's an anxiety. It's really, is it used, you know, by maybe for treatment for mental health at all? Or have you, have you heard about that and been involved in anything like that? Uh, there's a degree called music therapy. There's an actual, right, Mark? Yes, music yes, there, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I even thought in college at one point of going that direction. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, there is like a soothing, you could just get... You know, I love these wide open chords and stuff, mm. and and it just, you know, it just is happy being itself. Yeah. You know, it's not trying mm. to. It's good. Copeland esque. Yeah, like, man. Nice. Bruce Hornsby. Oh, I love Bruce stuff. Hornsby. All mm-hmm. yeah. oh, right. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, do you? I mean. The people listening, I mean, you, this has been quite a journey for you. Obviously, it, hopefully it inspires people to, to, to sign up since adults are allowed now. I mean, ha, <laughs> in the journey that you've had, I mean, how has it yeah. changed? I know it's a very broad statement, but do you feel the change in you that is for the better, for the worse, for the okay? Is the passion as deep as it was or has it become something mm-hmm. you want to do, but this is what you do and you got to stick with it? Uh, is there anything you can, you know, tell us about how it feels for you moving forward and now? I think, I mean, not to be corny about be corny. it, but, uh, okay, to be corny about it, um, I feel like it's, it, it's still inspiring. It's, it's really an inspiring thing for me. And um, it's I, actually every morning, you know, I'll wake up and get to the piano and, just play like something calm and and uh, and reassuring kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like a little morning meditation, and um, it seems to just help me, you know. I think there is that therapeutic thing involved with it. It's not there's not pressure for me right now to to uh, go out and churn out a living you know, so I could pay rent. Uh, for time, it, that was even inspiring. You know, it's like, okay, I have to make a dollar. Let me uh, let me do this. But uh, I mean, you know, I'm paying bills and stuff. And yeah, I I I really still love it, and I I think I love it more because I know a little bit more about it. It's it's fun. It's still fun. Don't don't you feel kind of like satisfied or grateful because you're also you're yeah. doing you kind of definitely doing what you were put on the planet to mm. do. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yes. I mean, you're, you have a gift and you're sharing it. I mean, like that, Yeah. not to get heavy, yeah. but I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of like, isn't that what, what we, we all, all want? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And music changes. I mean, it's vibrations and apparently um, we are vibrations. Yeah. You know, we're totally. all, uh, each molecule, each atom is moving in our body and, they work in sympathetic rhythms. Music sends out vibrations, and it affects people. I mean, Tony, you know that oh, yeah. when you play for people, it's just like you, you can tell when they're getting it. Yeah. And if they're getting it, it just ricochets off you and back and forth. Yeah, and absolutely. 
and you breathe I mean, it's, easier. It's, <laughs> it's, trans- yeah. it's transcendent. And I think as a, when, when you're locked in, it's mm-hmm. a, it, there's a spiritual connection between the performers and the audience. I mean, do you agree? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and you could tell, like, when you get quiet and they get quiet mm-hmm. and they're listening, they're on every note, and then you know there's, there's magic going on. Yeah. And you're in the zone, and so are they. It's really special. It's a, I, I feel like, okay, maybe I am in music therapy. Yeah, you know? you're, you're on, there you <laughs> go, yeah. you're on way. It's powerful. Huh? Music is definitely powerful. This has been incredible. Your, your journey is amazing. Um, keep it up. You've inspired me to, to maybe play piano because I've, as Tony knows, I failed at guitar, so maybe I'll go to piano. <laughs> yeah, you, need to, you need to get rid of that guitar. Absolutely. I mean, any level. I, you know, whatever you it's joyful. And if it's joyful, do it. You know, have fun. Have fun doing it. You know, I mean, this, this is why we're doing what we do, you know. hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gray Matters podcast. Please rate and review and be sure to tell your friends too. For more information about this podcast, go to thegraymatters.org. And please subscribe to the Gray Matters wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to thank my guests, Mark Berman, my co-host, Tony Hoyland, and a special thanks to you, the listener. I'm Todd Harrington. Until next time.